570. An L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Peterson. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Peterson. It's available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on. Fred Rogan and the hippest guy in town, Bill Plashby. You know what? I think we need to have Bill Orm on the show today. Can we have him on the show today? You want to have him on? I would love to have him on. Bill Orm does a tremendous job for the athletic. He really does. He's our Laker insider. And you know what? This is like the magic machine. You want him? Poof. We'll have him. I want to see, in fact, save that paper. See if he's heard of any of those people who you just had on singing on the radio. All right, hold on. Say hello to Bill. Orm, are you there? Where am I? How did I? How did I get here? I was minding my own the, business, and I was just, I was just, I just, I'm just magically summoned. How did that happen? I asked for you, and you were there, Bill Orm. You're awesome. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I wonder how Fred feels being outnumbered by bills. Right. Well, there's a lot of bills to pay today. All right. All right. I, I, I got a question for you, Orm. Let me ask you. Let me, let me give me give me that paper, Fred. Yeah. Go ahead. Here. Give me. All right. They had me. I think they're making fun of me. They had me read this. Why would you think that? They had me read this musical melody. Have you heard of these people? Let me. Okay. Have you heard of the belly? As a singer? I have a funny feeling that my answer to this is going to be no. Is that is that a person? Yeah. Thank you. Have you heard of Naz? Yes. Have you heard of the weekend? But but there's no e to end. It's just the weekend. The weekend. If you heard, yeah, of, I've heard of I've, I've heard of him. Have you heard of Money Back Yo? No. No. You see, I'm not the only one. Little little Uzi Verti, Vert. I, I have heard of. I have not only have I heard of Little Uzi Vert. I I was once on a flight with Lil Yachty, which is maybe somebody you haven't heard of. No, little. Oh. Y- there's a little Yachty too. There is. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's talk about Little Rondo. That's what, <laughs> that's what I want to talk about. Man, you are the master of the segue. The segue isn't that a great segue? Yeah, Bill. What are they doing? Rondo, really? Uh, I mean, they're getting ready to host a 2012 All-Star 10-year anniversary reunion in February. <laughs> and that's Bill Orr. Boom! Orr's coming with the heat. Yeah, what no, I what mean, is that? I, I, I don't have a problem with Rondo coming back, you guys. I mean, listen, I see him as the third point guard on the roster. I don't think he's going to play a ton. I don't think they need him to play a ton with the way the roster is constructed. Um you know, he's a great culture fit. You know, LeBron respects him. I mean, this whole team has been, has been is constructed of guys who uh, it's, 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 it's all guys who LeBron is going to respect, respond to, um, who are going to challenge each other. I mean, it's going to be a chippy sort of, I mean, their practices are going to be chippy. I think it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know how much they can or should expect Rondo to contribute, but that said, and I'm, I'm writing about this right now, so you guys kind of caught me in this frame of mind, uh, so you summoned me magically at, at the right time. You know, it feels like Rondo is over the hill, you know, and probably can't contribute that much. Then again, it was like 11 months ago that he was their third best, arguably their third best player on their way to a title. I mean, he had some huge contributions in the playoffs in the bubble, and it wasn't even a full year ago. So I, I, I do um, think that there's a chance that there's going to be um, – you know, that he can step in and, and provide a spark. You know, obviously his, his mindset is, is huge, and they don't need him to play 25, 30 minutes, obviously. I think Kendrick Nunn is going to get a lot of those backup point guard minutes. Um, I don't know how much he helps them on the floor, but, and this is going to speak to um, 
obviously, Bill, you had the great, the great piece on Jared Dudley the other day. I do think that, you know, when you see LeBron James react negatively to a roster move and the loss of Jared Dudley, um, you do sort of recoup some of that goodwill by responding and getting one of his close friends and somebody he views as an intellectual peer uh, on the roster in the immediate aftermath of that. So I do think culturally Rondo's a great fit. He's obviously very comfortable here. He's comfortable with Frank Vogel. Um, it just is, uh, you know, I just, I just don't know how much better it makes them. Well, let me, let me ask you this, Bill. Uh, so I wrote that column on Jared Dudley. Fans thought, a lot of fans thought it was crazy. Laker employees I spoke to since then, unnamed, thought I was right on. Where do, you, where do you fall on? Do you think I was too complimentary of Dudley? Do you think I placed too much emphasis on his importance on the team? It's, um, I, I'm a little bit in the middle. Uh, I, I think that, obviously, Dudley's impact over the last two years was, was huge. I also feel like he probably would have had slightly less um, authority in this locker room with the number of vets and the number of um, you know, Hall of Famers on the roster. I don't know if you need a guy like Dudley as badly as, 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 a, as kind of a bridge and a fixer when you have so many guys who are you know, just as experienced as Dudley, have seen just as much as he has seen in his career, and also can still go out and do it on the floor. I mean, I think that that's kind of where you ultimately draw the line with Dudley is that you know, he was past the point where he could be a serviceable emergency player. Um, and, and so, yes, great in the locker room. I think he would have been a good fit, you know, coming back. I would have had no problem with them bringing him back. I, you know, I expected him to come back, I think, as we all did. But um, ultimately, I think that at least the judgment the Lakers seem to have made is that, you know, they have kind of gotten the pieces of what Jared Dudley brought in the locker room from all these different guys, you know, Ariza, Baysmore, Wayne Ellington, uh, now Rondo. Um, these guys are great teammates. You know, they're smart. You know, they are, you know, they're coaches on the floor in a sense. And, um, you know, Dudley's value, as you see all the young guys go out, you know, you're not worried about, you know, the long-term development of, you know, young players, young, young egos. Um, these are all guys who understand sacrifice and understand what it's going to take. So I, I just think that maybe at a certain point, it just, he wasn't as valuable to this team as he had been to those last couple of Lakers groups, where I do agree he was absolutely indispensable. Bill, Bill's of the opinion that they may implode. Russell Westbrook, AD, LeBron, bring everybody else in. There, there might be an implosion or two. I do not agree with that, Bill. I, I think they're going to be fine in that regard. I don't know if they stay healthy, but I think they're not going to implode. What do you think? I mean, I have no idea what to expect from this team. I think it's all on the table. I think it's absolutely possible they could implode. I mean, Russell Westbrook is a... See you, Fred. Is a, See? Is a, is, he's the expert. Is a, well, he just said, is, I don't is, know. Is, Go ahead. He's a time. I mean, Russell Westbrook in a lot of ways is a, is a, is a time bomb. You know, every Russell Westbrook team, you know, ultimately becomes, you know, a Russell Westbrook team. You know, every team kind of takes on the identity of Russ. Um, He's not a complimentary player. And you are basically asking him to be the third star on a team that already has the guy. It, It is a LeBron James team. And, Obviously, there's a there's a motivation on all parts to make on, from all sides to make this work. But we've never seen Russell Westbrook, you know, adapt. And I don't know if I, I just don't know what that's going to look like. I mean, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be exciting. I think this is going to be the biggest story in the NBA. The Lakers are you know obviously built to you know you know get to the finals. Um, but like you said, I mean, a, an implosion could be precipitated by anything. It could be an, an injury could precipitate an implosion. I think the Lakers have. You know, we, we heard Frank Vogel talk last year about the challenge of managing a team that had so much depth. Look at this roster. I think the Lakers are deeper this year than they were a year ago in terms of players who you know, should be 
getting you know consistent minutes. And I don't know that you can play 13 guys in the NBA. And you have you know, Malik Monk even, who's here um, you know on, on a minimum, had a pretty decent year in Charlotte last year, and he gives you some a skill set that you don't really otherwise have. Is he even going to be able to get on the floor? You know, you, you gave Kendrick Nunn more than the minimum. You gave him ten million dollars. Is are you going to be able to get? You know, is he going to be able to have the role that you want him to have? And is Rajon Rondo going to be happy with that? It's, I think there's just so many interesting dynamics on this roster. And the thing that you are trusting in is the leadership of your stars. You're trusting in LeBron's leadership, um, which is obviously proven and tested. And you're also and you're also trusting in, in the ability to stay healthy and the ability of all these players to um, to sacrifice. And it's easy to talk about sacrifice in the off season when you're coming aboard and you're like, hey, we all want a championship. We're, we got to sacrifice. It's different when it's February and the team's losing and you are not getting the opportunities you feel like you deserve or could get on the floor and you're not contributing in the way you want to contribute and there starts to be some friction. I don't know that we're going to see that, but this is a team of a lot of really proud players who were still playing at a high level. I mean, last year you saw Wesley Matthews come off the bench for the first time in his career. And that ultimately, um, you know, be, that worked out. You know, he was able to get over his you know, ego, but there was initially, you know, there was initially some hard feelings. And I just think you're going to have to have a lot of players who are able to kind of check themselves this year because there are only, you know, 48 minutes in a game, only one basketball, and a lot of guys who I think see themselves as big-time contributors on this team. I was told by an insider that they predict Russell Westbrook will go off the deep end, quote-unquote, two or three times during the season. He's going to lose his stuff. Who brings him back? Who gets him? Who can? It's got to be LeBron, right? No, Jared Dudley. He'll it, call from Dallas. Oh, you're so funny, Fred. I mean, Jason Kidd hired. Jason, wait, stop. Hold, hold on a second, Bill. I, I got to yell at Fred. Oh, Jason Kidd hired him within ten seconds of right. the, his retirement. Okay. Right. All right. Thank you. All right. Go on, Bill. Go ahead, Bill. Again, you got to trust in the leadership of LeBron. Like that's the only way this works. That you've got guys who are going to um, respond to LeBron. He is you know, best player in the world. And he's certainly the most, um, he's the most dominant presence in basketball. So if there's one player who can kind of keep all these players in check and bring guys back in. And if Russ starts, you know, who, who can, who can talk Frank to a Russell Westbrook, it's going, it's going to be LeBron. Now Rondo, you know, who has a little bit of a, a beat has had some beef with Russ over the years. And, you know, that they've been chippy back and forth. That dynamic is going to be really interesting because one Rondo is basically like a, an older, lesser version of, of Russell Westbrook. I mean, he's basically the same player, but just on the back end of his career. Um, I'm really curious to see what that dynamic ends up looking like. If Rajon Rondo can be a guy who ultimately is able to um, challenge and push and, uh, um, you know, and, and motivate Russell Westbrook. Not that Russell Westbrook needs help getting motivated, but like you're talking about, if he needs to be reined in, is Rajon Rondo a guy who can get in there and do some of that work too? Um, the Lakers have really good... <laughs> like leadership on this team. Like that's where I cut, why I kind of feel like you can kind of absorb the loss of Dudley. They just have a lot of guys who I think you would point to as, you know, a, an alpha type leader on almost any other, it could be the, the number one leader on any other team. Um, you know, in addition to LeBron, they just have, you know, really good um, veteran savvy guys that I think players are going to respond to. And, um, it's just an it's just an interesting mix. I don't know what to expect. Like I wish I could just say like I think it's going to be a disaster. I think it's going to I think it's going to be magical. I don't know. I think it's going to be on a razor's edge all year. And I, the thing that I have thought is like, I don't know how much fun this season is going to be, <laughs> because it is always going to feel you know an injury away 
and you're, you're so all in. It is such an all in season. You're always just one injury away or one, you know, meltdown away from it kind of all blowing up. And it's just going to feel, I think the pressure of this season is going to be felt all around. I think we're going to feel it. I think fans are going to feel it. Obviously, the players are going to feel it. Um, it's just a you know, very pressure-laden season. You know, you, you wrote a, one with, one more ahead, passing, Fred. Sure. You wrote a great column on the Lakers needing to extend Frank Vogel and how Frank Vogel several weeks ago did not have an extension. The next day they extended him. Do you think you go to them into it? And if so or, or if yes or no, do you think that shows the fact they waited so long could Vogel be in trouble if this team doesn't work out well? And I think Vogel's a great coach, but what's their feelings about him? I think I agree that Vogel's a great coach, and I have no idea if my column uh, motivated them one way or another. But I do think um, I, I think that they, they needed to give him that security because I don't think anyone could have um, handled – I don't think anyone could have coached this team as a lame duck. I think that that would have been just a recipe for getting fired. I think that they've – I think they've extended him the um, – you know, the trust and, and the confidence that, you know, he'll be here beyond this season. But if things went really off the rails, Bill, I mean, the Lakers wouldn't be afraid to pay, to pay him if it, was, if it was really off the rails and they needed a scapegoat. Um, the problem is there just aren't very many scapegoats left, you know, on this team. It's really, you know, you've got the coach and then you've got, and then you've got management. And I think, you know, frankly, Rob Palinka needs Frank Vogel in place um, as a layer of protection if things ultimately do not work out because otherwise – you know, you, you remove Frank Vogel from the equation, pretty soon fingers would be pointed at Rob Palinka uh, for the roster construction. Now, obviously, we're projecting out into a doomsday scenario where this is an implosion. Um, I, 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 don't, I think Frank Vogel has, has integrated himself enough into the culture of, you know, of kind of the whole Lakers franchise where he is um, safe for now. But I, I do think that, you know, if, maybe it's not this year, maybe it's another year. There's just going to be, always be that pressure. You are coaching LeBron James, and um, it's one of the few things that you can change uh, around him if, if things aren't going well. So um, it's something you always have to be uh, cognizant of. Uh, and what about the possibility of DeAndre Jordan? Now, after you answer, I will give you my plan, and you tell me if it makes sense. But what about DeAndre Jordan? I think it only really makes sense if, if Marcus All is going is go, is going to be bought out. And you know, last I heard, that was still fifty fifty on whether Marcus All was going to return. So, you know, if, if, you know, if you need kind of that emergency center, DeAndre Jordan is fine. Now, again, he would, and he's, I think DeAndre Jordan's, what, 33? So he would be like a relative spring chicken on this team. You know, he's, I mean, he, he, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed DeAndre Jordan um, relative to the rest of this team. I, you know, I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I kind of have just gotten over my initial um, concerns about them being so old. And just commit, I appreciate their commitment to the lane they have chosen. You know, they're going all in for this year. They're taking the gamble of health, um, putting their trust in LeBron James and um, hoping for the best. And, I, you know, it's, you've you, you got to choose a lane. And I feel like last year the Lakers maybe got a little too cute or diversified a little too much. Um, and and it, it ultimately was kind of their, their downfall. This is just we're putting guys who do the things that we need them to do around LeBron and so it doesn't matter how old they are. So I'm fine with DeAndre Jordan if he's coming in. I, but maybe that's just me being at peace uh, with uh, everything that the Lakers are doing at this point, just and wanting to see it on the floor. Like at this point, at this point, I'm just I'm just ready to see it before I really make any judgments because my time of thinking I, I knew what they needed or or, or uh, should do um, is past. All right. With that being said, how about the 444 plan? Now think about this for a second. Both bills 
think about this. I brought it up last week. I think it made a lot of sense. If you sign DeAndre Jordan, okay, you have another elderly individual, yet a spring chicken, as you point out, compared to the other two. But you don't want anybody to get hurt. It's the 4-4-4 plan. Each one plays four minutes a quarter. Then nobody gets hurt, nobody gets tired, and they're all fresh the rest of the way. Just put them in. You play four, you play four. So who plays four? DJ, who else? Uh, Gasol and Dwight Howard. Everybody plays four minutes a quarter for the whole game. What do you think of that plan? I think it's a terrible idea. I can't believe you even. I can't believe you're wasting Bill Orm's time with that idea. Well, his time, he's writing a column right now. His time is valuable. Bill, please back me up on this. You can't. You can't just play guys like that four minutes. Dwight Howard needs. He plays off of energy and inspiration. He may go eight minutes, ten minutes, and then he may not play again for two quarters. You can't do it like. It's a waste that. of time. He no. needs to play four minutes a quarter. What do you think, Bill? I think it's asinine as well. I think we're bringing the orange slices to little league this week. That's you're awesome, Orm. Oh my God! You see, I'm telling you, this you you waste the man's time. Ask him a legitimate question, or let, or let him go back to his story. <laughs> I, I, listen, I mean, I think I, ultimately, I think the Lakers' best center yet again for the third straight year is going to be Anthony Davis. So it's about how they can yes. get through the regular season, what bodies they can exhaust throughout the regular season, so that when the playoffs come, Anthony Davis can anchor you at that position. And I ultimately and. And so, you know, again, it's a question of whether Marcus Gasol is even back. But, you know, I think whoever, if DeAndre Jordan comes in or if Marcus Gasol is the third center and Dwight's the, the starter, I don't think you're going to see a ton of backup center minutes from a traditional center. I think, you know, the reporting when Russell Westbrook came in, you know, what we were told was, you know, AD is willing to take on even more time at the center position this year, including in the regular season. I don't expect him to start there, but I do think you're going to see him at center more. So I don't know how much – a backup center on this team is actually going to be um, part of the regular rotation. So we just drove down four 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 Knucklehead Lane. Okay, let's get off. <laughs> let's get off that road. You know what? You're, I, you're awesome, Bill. I still think it's a good plan. All right, Bill. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Thanks as always for the insight, and uh, we're going to chat again. Soon. I hope they're paying you for this, Bill. Are you getting paid for these segments? I hope. I'm, I, I hope so. You guys are at least in at least in uh, at least in uh, hamburgers or something. Well, how about in Goodwill? To come on with Fred every every often like this, you need to get big money, buddy. That's all I'm saying. Well, you know what? Thanks, guys. Wait, wait, big money. <laughs> Bill, big money's relative. Some money could be big money. Okay. I'll just put some away. money, any money. Some Thanks, money. Billy. All right, Bill. Appreciate it. Thank you. Do I need an agent? Do I need an agent? <laughs> no, you're fine. Don't worry don't, about it. No, no, you're no, fine. No, no, you're no. good. You're good. So you like to boo the players? How about the players boo you? Well, it's happened now in their own special way. You don't act so happy about it, Fred. Oh, no. Well, the owner of the team, whose players are booing, has spoken as well. Oh, I didn't hear this. Yeah, we'll get to all of it. If you missed any of Rogan and Rodney, you can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Rogan and Rodney. AM 570 LA Sports. Okay, we're back. Uh, Fred Rogan and Bill Plaschke in today for Rodney and AM570 LA Sports. This is fun, isn't it, Fred? Oh, I have a great time. Kidding me? It's good to work with you. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, honey, now honey. Yeah, we hear it. Thank you, Ronnie, Ronnie. Ronnie, Ronnie. I love your music. Oh, God, no, please. This is a great, this is a B-side. This is a B-side of an ABBA song. Who was the guy, all right, like anybody cares? Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, but he can't sing. 
No, that that was one. That was a downer of the movie. He can't that sing. was a downer of the movie. That yeah. was a bad one. Yeah, he can't. He can't sing. But Meryl Streep was great. Oh, she. Well, she's. Oh, great and Cher. Cher stole the show. Well, yeah, Cher's good at everything. Cher's tremendous. Yeah. Okay. So here's the deal. Uh, yesterday in the Mets game, Javi Baez, who they've just acquired from the Cubs, uh, comes around third base and uh, gives a thumbs down to the crowd, and people are wondering why are you doing that. Well, here's why he's doing it. He's of the opinion that if the fans boo, if the fans can voice their opinion, if the fans are upset, if the fans let the players have it, you know what? Now the players are going to let the fans have it. You want to boo us? You get this. We're giving you thumbs down. That's what we think of you. You think you can sit up there and boo us? You don't know who we are. You don't know what we're going through. Fine. So we did something well. Now, take that. And we give you the thumbs down. We're in, we're in essence booing you. Kevin Pillar's on the team. He went to Chaminade. He's a local guy. He agrees. Other Mets players agree. Uh-uh. We're not taking this anymore, Bill. You're not going to boo us. Up yours. How do you like that? So entitled. So so terrible. So terrible. So selfish. So out of touch with the fans. The fans pay their money, and they, if short of doing anything illegal or immoral, they can do whatever they want in the stands. They pay. They pay the good money for it. And furthermore, I would say booing. This is a big story. This is an interesting story for L.A. Because our fan base here is very is very discerning and is very and and it it makes things happen. People say, "Why do the Dodgers always sign these great players?" Because Dodger fans boo if they don't. Dodger fans boo more than I've ever heard them boo before, and good for them. They demand excellence. Why do the Lakers go out and get LeBron James, and Anthony Davis? Because Laker fans, if you don't if you don't win, you get booed. You at UCLA, why do they get McCrona? Why do they get, the, the Pauley Pavilion is empty? Because they booed. Because they played bad. LA fans demand excellence, and booing is one of the ways you demand it. And I think it's a, it's not only their right privilege; it's their right; it's their responsibility to boo. And the players have no right to say anything. They have, to, I mean, these are the reasons what's paying their salary. I mean, who do they think they are? Well, the owner of the Mets ripped him. <laughs> the owner came out and ripped his own guys today. Good. What do he say? Yeah, basically, that's ridiculous. The fans pay the money. Uh, the fans are a part of the game, but it, it's and see, I disagree with you a little bit on one thing. I don't like at Dodger Stadium when Kenley gets booed. I don't like that. No, why not? Because I love Kenley, by the way. He's a great guy, great talker, been a great part of the team. But he's pitching poorly. The fans demand excellence. Yeah, but he knows he's pitching poorly. He's your guy. He knows. What, do you think he doesn't realize he's out there struggling? He knows he's struggling. I don't think that helps much. So I don't think the home fans should boo their guys. That's all. That's a huge difference between you and me. Really? You don't yeah, think that? Yeah, I don't. So you think that they that that they should go along, they pay the money, and the team they get bad perf- entertainment, they should accept it. Why should the fans accept losing? Yeah, well, I'm not saying accept losing, but I am saying you know your by guys. not booing, you're accepting losing, Fred. No, not true. Yes, you are. You know your guys. You know no one's going out there to 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 screw up. No one is going out there. They're not booing Kenley. In fact, the next day you've seen this year, he gets cheered as much as he gets booed. Right, he, he gets. They're booing the performance. They're not booing the man. They're booing what he's doing, what she's doing. They're booing the, the performance. And I think that's very fair. And, again, I think I'm proud of, of L.A. sports fans. That's what leads to us getting so many great teams and so many great players. And the the Rams, for example, Les Snead goes crazy to trade trade the whole franchise away for Matthew Stafford and for Jalen Ramsey. And he's got to try to win now because you have to win now in this market yeah. or you get booed. Well, or, or or you fall off the radar, or all of a sudden you're not relevant. There's a difference. I mean, if you don't win in Los Angeles, you're not relevant. That That's the issue. And with so many different teams, 
Uh, that's why we don't see relevance. It's the same argument that you hear from Clipper fans every year. And, uh, you know, oh, now you're interested. Well, first, why don't you talk about them more? Well, you don't talk about them more because they're not interesting. They're not interesting because they don't win. Okay? So they start winning. Oh, now. Now you want to jump on the bandwagon. I've been here from the very beginning, and I always say the same thing. Thank you. Thank you for being there from the beginning. But you know why other people start talking about a team when it's winning? Because it becomes interesting in this market. That's why winning is relevance. You need stars, you need excitement, you need winning. But booing is passion, and the fans here, it's every bit as passion as cheering. The roar at Dodger Stadium, the boos are every bit as impactful as, as, the, as the trademark roar out there that comes from Shabazz Ravine. And I think it's their total right to boo. And they've, and I think you'll agree, they've been booing the last several years. Boos have increased here. Would you agree with that? Oh, remember Pedro Baez? Poor guy. Oh. They'd open the, the gate from the bullpen. He hadn't even come out yet, and people started booing. Yeah, boos have increased here. But I don't say poor guy. I say he's making making good money. This is this is business. It's his job. The fans pay their money. Let him, you know, let him get get it off their chest and let him demand. Booing demands excellence. This market demands excellence. And I think that's one of the ways it does it. Uh, so so we do not agree on that. And I wonder what the, what the fans think. Okay, well, and we're going to find that out. But what do the fans think about the players and turning around and looking at them and going, you're giving us the business, now we're giving it to you. How do you like that? We don't have to take this. You take it too. If you feel such a part of it and you're booing us, then we turn around and go, okay, let's stick it up yours. How do you like that? That's like booing your customers. They're their customers. That's, 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 that's like a guy at, at, at their supermarket. Some fa- somebody complains and they boo him as he's in the checkout line. That's that's ridiculous. I can't, I can't see anybody getting behind that. And the Mets are really we're going to regret doing that. And they're, they're by the way, they're terrible. They choked. I shouldn't say choked. They they blew it. They collapsed. They crumbled. I don't use the word choked anymore. You know why, Fred? Because the whole mental, mental health thing. I just don't think yeah. we can get on athletes. We've seen a lot of mental health issues lately. The word choke implies... A mental thing, but they crumble, they collapse. They've they've done terrible, and they deserve to be booed. That I I'll go back to the booing here. Don't you think Frank McCourt, if Dodger fans didn't stop showing up, didn't boo his every move, he might still be owner. The Dodger fans, bless their heart, are the heroes of the Frank McCourt saga. You know that, right? The well, Dodger fans got rid of Frank McCourt. Yeah, but it wasn't because they booed. It was because, as you point out, they didn't show up. They didn't show up, and I've never seen anything like it. In all my years in Los Angeles, I've never, never, never seen, seen anything like, like that. They simply boycotted. They stopped coming. It was bizarre. It was bizarre. I, I remember going out to games. I did a whole column on a guy, one guy in the in reserve section, in the whole section, and he fell asleep. He slept for three innings. I did a column on this guy. There was like 10,000 people in the stands. It was for a game against the Pirates. It was terrible. Yeah, that, that, and you know what? Also in all the years I've been here, I think that's the one time the fans really did make a difference in regards to something like that. I think fans make a difference every day by holding them accountable. I think the boos hold them accountable. The dis, the dis, you know, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the little chaos in the stand that holds them accountable. I think it does. Okay. So here's the question. Uh, Bill thinks you should boo. I don't think you should boo the hometown guys. You can bring that up, but now, and, and this is fresh. So you've got the Mets players in essence, booing in their own way. Their own fans. What do you think of that? 866-987-2570. So what we'll do, we'll open the phone lines. You've got the players now booing the fans. All right, if you're at Dodger Stadium and Cody Bellinger, because you're on him because he can't hit a lick, starts booing you when he gets a hit, 
Do you think all is fair? Turnabout is fair play. So call us. We'll talk about that. Next hour, 215, Max Scherzer will join the show. Hey, Lisa Foxer, when not getting benched or thrown out of a game, they're on the radio with you. You're listening to Rogan and Rodney on AM570 LA Sports. Eddie, world champion Dodgers take on the Atlanta Braves tonight at 7.05. Catch the game right here on your home of Dodger baseball, AM570 LA Sports. Stream the game in HD. Free on the iHeartRadio app. Brought to you by Premier Jeep of Buena Park off the vibe at Artesia. Visit Premier CDJR Buena Park. All right. So, Bill, the question was, before the break, we were talking about it. By the way, if you're just jumping on, Max Scherzer will join the show at 2.15. We're excited to talk to the Dodger pitcher. He's awesome. Yeah, we're going to have He's to... a great talker, too. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. And we have to bring up uh, how he feels about the rotation being set up for him to miss the Giants series. We'll get for, to that right uh, off the bat. That'll be our first question. All right. I mean, I'm, I'm going to thank him for coming to town and thank him for being so good with the media. And then we're going to say, how about this? Okay. We'll do that right when he comes on, 2.15. Uh, okay, so the story was, uh, Javi Baez of the Mets has decided, you boo us, we're going to tell you what we think of you. So when we do something good, we're giving you a thumbs down. That's like we're all giving you a boo in the crowd. Because we're not going to sit here and take this. If you want to give it, you're going to have to take it back. What? How would you feel if one of the Dodgers did that to you? What would you think if some guy rounds third base and starts giving you thumbs down and you know... He's in essence talking about you. Should that be uh, should that be part of it? I was in the press box the night Milton Bradley. Remember what he did? Oh yeah, he threw water at the fans. Yeah, threw water ball at the fans, and they threw it back. So yeah, right. so so they've done. So I ha- I've seen Dodger fans, Dodgers boo the fans. I've seen it. All right, eight six six nine eight seven two five seventy. Hey Julie, what do you think? Hey Fred, hi Bill. How hey are Julie. You? Um. I personally would not boo, but like Bill, I have seen people boo the Dodgers. Dodger fans boo the Dodgers, and it's it is. I don't feel right about it. I understand that they have the right to. That's the way they vocalize their displeasure. And you're right, Bill. We do expect excellence from our teams here in Los Angeles. But I get the feeling that many of the people that are booing are also the ones that are armchair managers and armchair GMs and presidents of the of the. Of baseball, they want to be in Friedman's shoes. They want to be in Dave Roberts' shoes. They want to be in the players' shoes, but for whatever reason, they aren't, and so they think that they know better. And so, it's a mixed bag. But I mean, it's like in in the World Series a couple of years ago when people were throwing Kershaw's jersey onto the ground and stopping all over it. It ain't right, but I I respect their right to be able to do that. I didn't like that, Julie. It's funny. I was there. Thanks, Julie. And, and uh, thanks, Julie. Um, I, I didn't mean to cut her off, but, uh, no, but I, I was there, and I thought that was much. That was a little bit much. I saw on Twitter people driving over his jersey. That was a little bit much. You boo him, but that's like a personal. That's like almost a threat to a man, dude, to, to drive over his jersey. That 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 was. I agree. That was wrong. Okay, uh, Marcus in Riverside. So, do you think it's okay for the players to turn around and basically boo the fans? Yeah, you know, it, it's a two way street. If you want to boo a player. They should be able to boo you. And these fans, there's there's really, you know, the, first of all, just buying a ticket, the simple act of buying a ticket does not give you carte blanche to act like a horses, you know what. These fans will, will say racial stuff. They'll talk about your family. Nothing is, it's no hold bars when, when it comes to what will come out of a fan's mouth. So, I mean, just the, the simple fact of a player electing to show you a little disrespect. Hey, when you go into a restaurant, can you... Say, tell the waiters and everybody, all the staff there, 
exactly what's on your mind? No, you act, you still act like you got some sense. Appreciate the call, Marcus. Thanks. Yeah. So he's so he's yeah, and I and I agree. The immoral stuff that comes out of the mouse is terrible, but I think simple simple act of booing is fine. Yeah, I I just don't understand. Honestly, I don't understand the players turning around and then giving it to the fans. I I do not get that. As you point out, Bill, they're your customers, right? It's like if you're at a restaurant, to use Marcus's analogy, and uh, you let the people know there's something wrong with your food or you're not pleased with the service, do they then turn around and start screaming at you? Do they start going, well, too bad? How do you like that? You know what? I don't like the way you eat anyway. But I have had waiters scream at me before when I order something different off. Of, like I want, I want to get the salmon but with no sauce, or I want to get something plain. They get really mad. Do they really? They get mad, at, and I get mad at them. I'm like, they say, well, there's no substitutions. The chef makes it like he makes it. No, don't, no, don't tell me that. I mean, I, I should be able to eat what I want and not be shamed in eating what what only thing you're serving. Where are uh, you going to eat? Oh, it, it has, this happens all the time. If I if 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 if, if they'll have like a there'll be a pasta with some with some sauce on it. I say, well, I don't like this sauce. Well, why do you get this pasta, sir? Well, I think, <laughs> That's happened to me before. I, I get picked on by waiters. I've never, I've never encountered that. Well, you probably order off the menu too. I don't. What do you mean? I mean, you probably order the, the right stuff or what, what they're serving. No, I, you can change the sauce. Or I, something. I changed, I change everything, and I got no, no problem with that. But, but they got a problem with me doing it. Well, because you're a pain, obviously. Yeah, they must. And my kids are getting so embarrassed when I do that. But I'm saying I want to eat what I want. I want the hamburger done medium. I don't want any sauce on it. I don't want any lettuce or tomato. I want the fries on the side. I mean, I want, you know, is it too much to ask? No. It shouldn't be. All right, Matt in Manhattan Beach, go ahead. Fred, Bill, thank you for taking my call. Hey, Matt. Uh, calling to agree with you, Bill. I think that uh, professional athletes have lost touch. Uh, they seem to have a gross sense of entitlement. Um, the way that I see it is that it's a privilege to be a professional. And uh, your consumer base is the one who's going to applaud you. They're also going to be the ones that criticize you. And it's the, how you react to that criticism, I think, that defines your professionalism. Um, I had worked as a public servant in the fire department for 30-plus years. And can you imagine if I showed up at your house and you didn't like the way that I was starting in the IV and I told you to go pound sand? I mean, it's in a fashion, it's very much the same thing. There's... Uh, I think a professional obligation to acknowledge your audience or um, your consumer base. Matt said it better than I said it. Better. Appreciate it, Matt. Thank you. Well, Fred, have you ever? That brings up an interesting point. Have you ever yelled at a caller? Uh, have I yelled at a caller? Yes. Have you ever? Have you ever? Have think, you, Kevin, have you ever this. booed a caller? No, I've never booed a caller. I've disagreed strongly with a caller. No, okay, I've ever tell, yelled, tell at, a caller, ever yelled at a caller. Not that I can remember. Yeah. You've had a quick uh, trigger finger a couple of times here and there. Maybe that's your version of yelling. I don't know. Yeah. That, that's fine. So, yeah. So, so you would not, this, this, what's the, what Matt was saying, you would not show the disrespect to a caller who you didn't like to tell him he's an idiot or she's. Oh, an idiot. no, I would never do that. Yeah. No. Some places do it, and that's wrong. Alan Rancho Cucamonga, go ahead. Hey, guys. Good evening. Good afternoon, everybody. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, real quick, guys. These pro athletes need to understand, man. They have a huge salary. They're providing for us fans. We, we pay money to, to go watch these guys. So as a professional player, they got to understand. We're buying their jerseys. You know, we, we're making money out of that. So the least we can do, we, we want some. We, we're Dodgers, man. We expect the best. That's the way it is. 
and they have to understand that, you know. They got to just stay quiet. I don't. I, I just completely disagree with the, the this uh, uh, Diaz guy. Uh, he can't do that. How he can't do that? Come on, he, he's got to show class. He's a professional athlete. Al, can I ask you a question? So, do you have a jersey? What sure. Dodger jersey do you have? Kershaw, Kershaw uh, as well. I'm, I'm, 50, I'm 54 years old. I old got, school, I yeah, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm, a, I'm a play third base in junior college at, at PCC back in '86. I was third base. I round table with my man and Pete Rose. You know, these, I'm old school. That's why anything goes like this. I'm old school, guys. I, I don't, I don't believe in a lot of things that's happening right now. I was a small ball player. You know what I mean? And, and and, but anyways, but yeah, this thing, they, they got to they eat up, man. Al, thanks for the call. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. Let's do one more. Robert on the 10 freeway. Go ahead. Hello? Hey, Robert. Go. You're on. Hey, how you going, man? Hey, I guys, I don't see what the big deal about booing is, first of all. I mean, the Dodger fans have been booing, I mean, I mean, criticizing, calling the team bums since they were back in Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> That's right. On the East Coast, on the East Coast, in Philly, in New York. I mean, they're they're out of hand with their booing. Um, but if, if, the, if the players chose to do it back here, I think they'd be digging their own grave. I mean, uh, it's up to them. You know, I don't have player jerseys, to tell you the truth. Um, I bought my own jerseys now uh, with, you know, my own name on it with all the um, – because of all the trades that go on. But, I mean, if they – I would laugh at them, and they'd probably get it more if they, if they did that. So – I don't see what the big deal about booing is. Appreciate hey, it. thanks, guys, for taking my call. Thanks. All right. Fred, do you have more respect for a fan in the stands wearing a Kershaw or Betts jersey or wearing a jersey that says Smith or Schmo or his, his own name on it? Okay, fair question. It's a, it's a fair question. Fair question. And I, I have a philosophy. If you're 40 or older, you should not wear another man's name on your back. That's, now, that's interesting. Could be a Hall of Fame. Yeah, Hall of Fame, sure. Old school, great. Don Drosdale. You know. No problem. Sandy Kofi, go for it. But if you're over 40 and you're walking around with Mookie Betts' jersey on, guess what? We know you're not Mookie Betts. We we know that. You know, or or like Laker guys walk around, you know, like some guy 5'9 who's a jeweler in the Miracle Mile District. We know you're not Anthony Davis. We're aware of that, sir. We know. Maury, don't do that. Is it okay if they put their own name on the back of the thing? I don't have I, a problem I, with that. I think that's weird. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but I really don't have a problem with it. I just have always believed that, uh, yeah, there's a certain point where, no. And I'm sure one thing we agree on, if you at a Laker or, or a Clipper game, you wear a Laker-Clipper jersey, wear a T-shirt underneath it. Don't go to a game. Do you agree? You don't go to a game with bare shoulders. No, I agree with that. That's gross. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's gross, but I I mean, I, I do agree with it. Uh, and by the way, Listen tomorrow, every hour starting at noon. Uh, we'll be doing it. Petro Money will be doing it. You want to know why? We're giving away. Oh, and David Vassay will do it on Dodger Talk as well. All right, we are giving you a chance to see the Dodgers and Braves this Wednesday. Sweet tickets. So that starts tomorrow with us at noon. We'll do it every hour all the way through Dodger Talk. And Wednesday, Max Scherzer is pitching. But our philosophy here is why should you wait for Max Scherzer?